got to get, uh, when I stream on social media, I got to get this situated here. I hate to deprive anybody of my beautiful face. It'd be fair to the world. All righty. Well, let me just sit here and look at all you pretty faces. Then I see my father-in-law. All right. I'm teasing. He's got a face only a mother could love. Um, you turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. And we're looking at verses 8 and 9. I know we're off, uh, we're off the Torah. It was 4, 19. We're going to look at now Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Everybody said to turn there. Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9. It says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Let us pray. If our Lord, again, we just come before you and praise your holy name. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for each and every person here this morning. Lord, lead us in your word uh, this morning. Uh, Lord, let us uh, be equipped. Let us edify. Most importantly, let us glorify you. Lord, let us serve you well. Fill us with your joy overflowing, your peace that surpasses all understanding. Guard our hearts and minds. And let us serve you well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, obviously, we are in a new year, which, uh, which reminds me, they sounds really thing. I don't know if it's true or not. Of course, you know if it's on the internet and, and on social media, it's got to be true. But uh, they, uh, they, they're saying that if you, uh, when you write a check or sign any documents, you know, these are just abbreviate, you know, before it was 19, now it's 20. Obviously not to do that, but to put, actually put 2020. So if you just put 20, that they can go back and somebody can put 17, 2017 or 2018 if you put just the 20. I don't know how that would benefit anybody, but he said not to be careful how you do that. So just to... Friendly warning, and in uh, case uh, you're bad about abbreviating like I am. But uh, of course, with the new year, well, a lot of people have uh, uh, want to make New Year resolutions and they want to uh, uh, have lofty goals and uh, to try to whether it's dieting, exercise, smoking, uh, to quit smoking, not to smoke. I hope not. But uh, uh, you know, to read your Bible more, to pray more, and all those good things. And uh, but with that also sometimes comes a, a negative thinking, all right? And what I mean by that, you know, I have uh, I've yo-yo dieted it a lot, and that's something I, I battle is my weight, and it's a pain in the rear end because, you know, like, you know, you take two steps forward, you take three steps back, and then the holidays come, and then Saturdays come, and then Tuesdays come, and, you know, you just <laughs> taco Tuesday, you know, and just you got to... So it's hard, you know, and it gets frustrating. And you think, you know, man, I'm working out, I'm dining, and, and I'm gaining weight, not losing weight. And you're thinking, what's even the point? What's the use? You know, hand me a bag of uh, Reese cups and just forget it. And it's just so, so easy to have a negative train of thought when it comes to a lot of stuff, whether it's our appearance or our spiritual walk or what have you. And, and when I studied this thing about uh, talking about uh, having, having negative thoughts uh, to fight, I remember years ago, it was long before I met Brandy, and and uh, I was living over at Johnson City, and Dad took me over to Amigos there on Market Street to eat. I, I don't know why I talked about it. It's clear as it happened yesterday. And I remember we was talking, and he looked up at me. He said, you are so negative. He said, you just have uh, such a self-defeatist attitude. And, you know, of course, then I was young and dumb. Of course, now I'm old and dumb. But I, uh, I had a, uh, a real 
negative outlook on life. You know, sometimes it's easy to get to that point in your life where you're just like, who cares? What's it even matter? Nothing works out. Nothing is ever good. Everything bad happens to me. You know, it's almost like uh, you met people like Eeyore on Winnie the Pooh. You know, it's like, you know, me and Brady know a person on uh, social media we get tickled at because it don't matter. There's nobody in here. Don't worry. Nobody in here. So, but uh, uh, we get tickled because I can put on Facebook, man, what a beautiful, sunshiny day. What a great day. Wish my day was good. It's raining where I'm at. You know, you're like, like, praise God, you know, uh, for that God gives us a job. My job stays. I mean, no matter what you put on there, it's like Debbie Downer, you know? And I'm like, good grief, man. This person must be the most miserable human being of all. And so it's easy, all right? In fact, statistically, they say over 40 million people deal with anxiety and depression. Over 20% of the nation deal with anxiety and depression. Now, I definitely, uh, something I've always had to fight is anxiety and depression. So two things I've really had to battle in my life, and particularly where I've been sick and on prednisone stuff, man, I'm just like a chihuahua. I'm just like, I wake up, I'm just anxious, and I'm just like, Randy, what am I going to do today? You know, she's like, you just calm down, you know? And uh, so, I, I, it, so it's, it's hard for me. And that's why I love Philippians 4, 6, and 7 so much, because God tells us not to be anxious. And it's easy because the anxiety and depression what it is, we're, we're, we're focusing internal, in, internally instead of externally, instead of outward to Jesus Christ. You know, we're focusing on the problem. We're focusing on uh, what is bringing us down. We're focusing on what we don't have. Uh, you know, it's, uh, like, I love that uh, movie, uh, White Christmas, Bing Crosby. And he says that at night when I can't sleep, I count my blessings. And, you know, and that's one thing we should do is count our blessings. Uh, and, and what God has given us uh, instead of focusing on the lack thereof. And it's so easy to do that is, is to, because that's what the devil wants to do. He, he is a, a master manipulator. He, he is a master of distraction. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to, to break our focus off of Christ and on ourselves because we are inherently selfish people. And so we want to focus on the problems. You know, it's so easy. I, and I do this all the time, uh, particularly with, uh, with finances. Because uh, I, I, I balance our checkbook and I get tore all to pieces. Like Brandy, what what would you buy this for? Why'd you do that? Well, we have to have gas and I have to we have to eat. And I'm like, well, if you say so. And uh, and so I get tore all all bit out of shape. And we have a financial hiccup or something comes up, and I'm just like, oh, what do we do? You know. But here's the thing, I hate it with a passion, Joey, when she wants to throw my sermons back in my face. And I'm sitting there stressed out. Like, what are we going to do? How are we going to make it? Why didn't you say in your sermon that we should trust the Lord and he's going to take care of us? Ooh, I don't know why. That just, you might as well just, I wish she'd just come up and slap me. Then throw my sermons back in my face. But she's right. I hate it when she's right, you know? And uh, so uh, it was, I got to thinking the other day. I said, you know, uh, I was getting stressed out by finances and stuff. And I'm like, Lord, I know you got this, but man, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? Uh, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. And I thought, what am I doing? You know, I'm like, I trust God, but obviously I'm not trusting him completely because if I trusted God completely, then I wouldn't have all this anxiety and worry. But there's so many people like that. You tell them what to do. You give them God's word. And me included, I'm not separate from this. And you know what it says, but, see, man, that word comes in. Yes, God, I know you got this, but how can I more have this? But what am I going to do? Man, we can't do nothing. Either you fully, totally, utterly, completely trust God or you don't. 
All right? God shows the power of me means according to his riches and glory. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. At no point does you see God's word says, yeah, you, you've got to do this, this, and this. It don't work that way. We got to get to a point where, yes, God, you've got this. You're in control. You're all powerful. You're all knowing. And you've got our best interest at heart. And I know you're going to take care of us. And the other day, I, I, I was just, I was spazzing out about our finances. And every morning, I was like, God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then all of a sudden, y'all, I was like, you know what? This is stupid. God, I trust you. I ain't going to worry about this garbage anymore. Me and Brandy can live under a bridge, or we live in a car, or we lose a car, whatever. I'm just going to give to you, God. And you know what? I had such a peace. And guess what? God took care of everything. And whether he had or whether he hadn't, I praise God either way, because I know he's got this. And that's what we've got to be. So we got, we, the devil wants to feed that negative thinking. Remember, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. It is a mind battle. That's why we have to put on the helmet of what? Say it again. There you go. Because guess what? It's protecting your head. And so that's why we have to put that on and we have to be ready to fight. Look at the Israelites. What a grave sin that they did because of their negative thinking. Here, God parted the Red Sea. I mean, I can imagine that by itself. He parts the Red Sea. Dry ground. And they're walking through. I mean, could you imagine? Not only is the, is the water parted, but they're, they're, the ground is dry. And you, you're walking by, and you're probably, they're probably seeing animals and fish and stuff. And, you know, and that alone. But he does, not only does that, but he feeds them. And he, he, he shows them uh, the smoke by day and fire by night. He does all these things, and what do they do? They grumble and complain. Negative thinking. And so, you know, and that's a grave sin. That's why we've got to get out of that and start look, quit looking inwardly and start looking outwardly to Jesus Christ. Because while we're focused on ourselves, we're not going to get anywhere. We've got to focus on God. Listen, I know what it's like to be an overthinker. All right? I overthink everything. Brandon can tell you. Sometimes it's hard to sleep at night. I think about stuff I've said. I think about people I've, I've done wrong. I, I think about, uh, you know, I mean, even sermons. I'm thinking, man, I wish I'd said this, wish I'd done that, wish I'd said that, wish I'd joked like that, wish I, you know. And it, it drives you crazy, you know. I was like, uh, uh, somebody was in first service, he's talking about how much he missed the 70s and said he wish he'd go back. Well, I missed the 80s, all right. I like the 80s, I like the hair bands. That's, that's, that was my genre, that's what I liked. And uh, miss that. There's a lot of times people wish they could go back and relive their lives. But I mean, remember, no man got anywhere by looking backwards. We can't spend our lives looking to the past. We have to keep looking forward to Jesus Christ. And if you sit there and say, the old devil, you know, God forgives us. All right? He forgives us. And he, he let's go. And those sins aren't over our heads anymore. But it's so easy when we mess up. See, I think so many people think that, that God's out to spike them. That God's got this big stick and he's waiting for you to mess up, man. He's going to whack you. And so when everything bad happens, you're like, oh, it's because God's mad at me. I spilled my coffee because God's mad at me. I'm late to work because God's mad at me. I stopped my toe because God's mad at me. And so you think that God's out to get you. He's not. All right? He's not out there just to, 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 to take you down. Remember, he is all-knowing and all-powerful. He knew that you were going to sin before you did it. It went like you sinned. And he said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe Matt did that. I'm going to take my stick and beat him. You know what I mean? And, and although I deserve that, that's not how God works. He forgives us. But it's the devil who wants to get in your head and you bring out negative thinking. Oh, I'm horrible. I'm sinful. I'm terrible. And and. You know, I, I, I don't deserve God's grace. Guess what? None of us deserve God's grace and mercy. We're all sinners. We all mess up. That's why I've said time and again, I, I, I'm right there with you guys. I'm in the trenches. I'm fighting right there with you. 
And there's many times when I, I feel like I'm the last person to be up here preaching God's word to anybody. Because I mess up all the time. Every single day of my life, I mess up. But I'm a sinner saved by grace, just like many of you in here today. Many of you realize I said many of you. Not everybody here just because you come to church don't make you saved. So understand that we are forgiven by God's grace and mercy. We are forgiven and we are loved. And when we start looking outwardly towards Jesus Christ, we put our hand to that nail-scarred hand. When we start serving Jesus Christ all of our heart, soul, mind, and body and being, that negative thinking is going to go, go away because we're no longer looking internally at our problems and, our, and, and looking inwardly to the depression and the sadness. Just like I was doing a, a funeral, uh, when was it, uh, Thursday, I think it was. And that's one thing I told them, you know, that when I was reading the Thessalonians, that those who do not know God have no hope. And that's just it. Those who don't know God, they have, no, they have nothing to cling to. They have no hope to cling to. Well, what is there? I mean, if, if this is all there is, why bother? You know, that, I can imagine. But those who are saved, we have hope. We have hope for that future glory. That's what we focus on. That's what we put our attention on. And that's what I was telling them. I said, it's not fair. You know, when I see my Papa Leo and my Papa Bruce, my friend Lance that went to heaven. And I'm thinking, why do these good people have to go to heaven? These evil people still get to walk around the earth. It's not fair. But, but, all right, for those who are not saved, this is the only heaven that they will ever know. And for those of us who are saved, this is the closest thing to hell we'll ever know. And so, hey, if, it's, if they're not going to return the life over Jesus Christ, let them have it. If it's the best they've got, let them have it. Because my, my friends and my grandfathers, they're in a place where there's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more suffering. They don't deal with this garbage anymore. They don't have to deal with people wanting to support terrorists. You know, I, I try not to get political, but it's hard not to sometimes. The evil, wicked people in this world, it just drives me insane. They don't deal with that crap anymore. And I probably shouldn't have used that word, and I'll beat myself up saying, boy, you should have said that word in the pulpit. But anyway, that, that stuff anymore, that uh, uh, they don't deal with that pain and suffering anymore. All right? So that's the hope we have. Those who don't know God, don't have, they don't have that hope. We have a hope for the future. And that's why we have to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. The devil's got thousands of years of experience. He knows how to manipulate us. He knows how to distract us. He knows how to get us off our guard. He knows how to do those things. And it's so easy. You know, I, I don't know about you all, but I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know if you, how many of you all have seen that movie Up, but that dog, every time he'd be talking, he'd say squirrel and he'd take off, you know. Well, that's the way the devil does me a lot of times. Is I try hard to focus, and it's like squirrel, and then I'm off somewhere else and thinking, oh, what happened? Where did I go with that? Why was I thinking that? Why was I doing that? Why was I saying this? Because I'm easily distracted. You know, and so we have to be very, very careful about what we do. Now, uh, remember what God's word says, not to be conformed to this world. All right. We have to be very careful. We're, we're in this world. We're with those of us who are saved not of this world. So we got to be very careful about that. So don't be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this way of thinking. I mean, it blows my mind. Uh, the, the, uh, the article I shared yesterday on social media said the Pope said that, that, though, that we're not to go out and and tell others about God or about, about Jesus. And I'm thinking, did you not read the Great Commission? We're going to go forth to all nations and, and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. But you have so many pastors and churches out there now who are just watering down the gospel, who are standing on the full word of God, and are standing on truth, and they're conforming to this world. So that's why we have to be, be careful with our thinking that 
that, you know, that's one thing I pray every day is, Lord, please, not only do I pray for God to make me a more kind, more gentle, more loving man, but to, to see all things through God's eyes, to fundamentally transform and change the way I look, perceive, and see things. Let me th- see all things through God's eyes. That's what I want. I want a more intimate, closer relationship with Jesus Christ each and every day. That's what I want. See, that's, that's why you're here, hopefully. That's why you're here in this church, is that your, your desire is to grow in the admonition of the Lord, that you want more of God, that you're not happy with what where you're at, all right? See, because uh, we cannot change ourselves, all right? You can have the, 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 the greatest uh, uh, or best effort in the world to, to want to change, but without God, we cannot change. It is through sanctification, being set apart. It's through regeneration. It's through the Holy Spirit, that parakletos. That's what changes us. That's what walks with us. That's what strengthens us and what helps us is God. He is the only thing that can change us. We cannot change on our own. And as we read in 2 Timothy, he talks about not to be thinking like children. We have, must constantly be in a state of growth. We must constantly be striving to be closer to God each and every day. And if you're not doing that, if you're not growing, then there's something wrong. So we have to get out of this idea of negative thinking. It's so easy, particularly this time of year. You know, when I, uh, uh, years ago, I was a trainer at uh, Johnson City Health and Fitness. It's lifestyles now. And I remember January, I mean, it was packed. You couldn't move in there. And all the people in that gym trying to work out. About two or three weeks, you see less and less and less. About the middle of February, it's like a ghost town in there, you know? A lot of people have good intentions, but they can't stick with it. But when you are committed to Jesus Christ, if you've given your life to Christ, then we need to fundamentally be changing the way we view, perceive, and see things. Change the way we think. And we must strive to have that mind of Christ, strive to constantly be in that state of growth, that we're not satisfied with where we're at spiritually, that we want more and more and more. You know, it's great that, that so many of you are here this morning. But man, you would think this being the new year, that people would want to start it off with the right foot, and this church would be packed with people wanting to start the year off right. And, you know, and I know that there's a lot of people who are sick, a lot of people have to work, uh, and so therefore they watch online or they can't be here. That's understandable. You can't have that. I don't know the people are vacationing, and, and so that's understandable. There's a lot of people who are just lazy, and they don't want to be here. You know, they're like, oh, just, I'll turn over and watch on, uh, online. I can watch live on the website or social media and, and, uh, and go about my day, you know. But God's Word says, don't forsake that assembling of yourselves together. We need to be with like-minded believers. We need to come together. So they can see that we're not alone in our walk as Christians. And we can build each other up. Well, this is a family, a church family. You know, we've had all these holidays. And, and we got to be with friends and family. And we look forward to that. You should look forward to this every Sunday to get you to see your church family. Our church family is awesome. We have an awesome church. And so people should be excited to come together and want to meet and want to learn and want to grow and want more of Christ Jesus. So that we can have, be able to battle, all right, when the old devil attacks, so we can avoid those negative thoughts of thinking, and we can start thinking outwardly towards Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to look over here at Psalm 37, 5 through 6. Psalm 37, 5 and 6. I think everybody needs to say it to, to turn down. Psalm 37, 5 and 6. Verse 5 says, commit thy way unto the Lord. 
Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass, and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the new day. Commit thy way to the Lord, all right? So as the new year starts, let's, let's all make a commitment in this new year to live more for Jesus, all right? Now, we, a lot of people have made New Year's resolutions. Now, there's nothing unbiblical about that. I think that resolutions come about in uh, Babylonia in 3000 and um, uh, BC. And uh, uh, there's nothing unbiblical about it at all. I think that a lot of people have lofty goals and they try to do too much at one time. You know, a lot of people say, well, I'm going to read the Bible more and I'm going to spend more time in prayer and I'm going to exercise more and I'm going to do all this stuff. Well, you know, first of all, God's word says exercise profiteth little. Now, I'd like to say that we are uh, to, I think it's Timothy 1st, 24, 8, I think, but don't want me to do that. But anyway, um, there's nothing wrong with exercise if you put it in its proper perspective. Uh, for me, I think that's one reason why the Lord uh, keeps me sick. I'll be honest with you, to, to keep my priorities in the right place. And you may think, what in the world? Because uh, I go to the extreme. I can't, I'm not happy with, you know, uh, for my health got bad. See, I'm, I'm not happy running a mile or two miles. I know some of you people in here think, if, you see, if I see you running, then I better run too. There's probably a bear chasing you. But, uh, but I like to run, all right? I enjoy it. I like, I like the endorphins. I like how I feel. I like the clarity of mind. It's, uh, you know, I just, uh, time with me and the Lord, I like it. But I don't, I go to the extreme. I'm not happy with two miles. I want to run five. I'm not happy with five. I want to run seven. I'm not happy with seven. I want to run ten. If I'm not happy with ten, I want to run thirteen. I keep going and pushing and pushing and pushing. And it eats up all my time because that's all I'm focused on. Because Brandon can tell you, before my health got bad, I'd run between seven to 13 miles every day. I mean, that just, I, I, that's just what I would do. I'd waste my time to do that. But my priorities, my focus wasn't on Christ where it needed to be. My focus was on exercise. And that's the problem. And I think it's one reason why I stay sick a lot. Because every time I start getting better and I start exercising and I keep pushing a little further and further, all of a sudden I get sick. And I'm like, and I get better, I start pushing a little further and I get sick. You know, it's just like, the Lord's like, man, chill out. You know? So the thing of it is, though, my point is that if you're going to make a resolution, all right, prioritize it in the right direction. Don't take on too much too quick. All right. Yes, that's you know. First of all, ask yourself why. Why am I doing this resolution? Am I doing this for self benefit, or am I doing this to glorify God? What What is my reasoning? You may have the lofty goal saying, "Well, I'm going to spend an hour reading my Bible and prayer every day." Well, that's a great goal. I mean, that that'd be wonderful. But the chances of, of if you've not been spending quality time in the Word and prayer, the chances of you Doing that and sticking with it is pretty slim. You know, of course, we always, you know, uh, uh, the object in motion stays in motion and object at rest stays at rest. If you can get into the habit, my uh, uh, suggestion would be to, um, uh, sorry, I put on social media how to read the Bible in a year. It'll take 10 or 15 minutes. Do that. Take a month. Take two months. Whatever. Get into the habit of, of reading, all right? Get in the habit of maybe meditating on one of those passages. Uh, give uh, time in prayer. Give yourself 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day. Give your time to, to, to develop a habit. And then, if you want to expand more uh, time, uh, then go for, forward and do that. But, you know, and say, well, well I want to uh, quit smoking, and I want to exercise, and I, and I, you know, and, and I want to read more, and I want to cut off the key. You know, take your time. 
Do it a little bit in increments. Start reading your Bible. Start spending that time in prayer. And then start a little bit of the exercise, 15 minutes a day. Increase to 30 minutes a day. You know, just do things a little bit at a time. You try to do too much, too quick, it's not going to last. You're going to last a couple of days and it's like, I forget this. It, it ain't going to work and you're wondering why you're failing. You have to start small. It's great to have those goals, but if you've not been doing anything until this point, it ain't going to happen. There's no difference between December 31st and January 1st, all right? There, there's no difference. You may have to have good intentions, but it ain't going to work unless you do it in the right way in the right perspective and the only way you can do it in the right perspective is first let's go over here and look at first thessalonians or second thessalonians i'm sorry verses one verse second thessalonians one verse 11 and 12 i'll get out here in a second let's look at that first so we get an idea how to make a proper resolution all right second thessalonians one verse 11 and 12 so i'll give everybody just a second to turn there So let's go ahead and read this. Okay. Uh, 11 and 12 says, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him according to the grave of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, all right. Your, 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 um, if you're using English Standard Version, uh, New Living, uh, or another version, your Bible may say something a little different. It may say, instead of saying that uh, you're worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure, it may say every resolve. And that's where I'm getting at here, that resolve, that resolution, okay? This is where we're wanting to focus on this morning here a little bit, is that New Year's resolution. Or how, how's the, how can we properly address that? Uh, that resolution. So we look here at verse 11. Wherefore also we pray. We pray. First of all, we've got to go before God in prayer. All right. We, if God's word tells us if we draw close to him, he'll draw close to us. If we pray for wisdom, he'll give it to us abundantly. Right. So first thing we need to do, whether we tackle anything, is to go to God in prayer. Now, now, now listen. Here's a part that uh, we have to be very careful about. Because, and I'm talking from experience here, that um, if you want something really bad, it's easy to say, God, what is your will? But deep down, you know what you want. And you're thinking, well, that's got to be God's will. And you do it anyway and jump the gun. All right, so we have to be very careful. Like, we can't bend God's will to our own. We have to submit our will to God. And I know this from experience because I'm like a monkey. I like stuff that's shiny, all right? So you throw an electronic device at me, a new car or something like that, or even an old car, I love old classic cars. Um, in fact, my Aunt Linda's got awesome classic cars at her place. And uh, she, uh, in fact, it looks like a little uh, like gas station stuff over there. It's really cool. But anyway, one of these days I'm going for a steal. Uh, but it is, uh, <laughs> once something happens, you'll think I did. But, uh, but so Brandy can tell you, uh, I get excited about stuff. And if I see something I really like, I'm like, oh, Lord, should I do this? Should I do this? Like, oh, that's got to be it. I've got to do that. It's what I need to do. And uh, guess what? It turns a disaster because, why? Well, I didn't wait on God. All right? And I, fellas, I'm just going to tell you right now, talk to your wives before you make a decision. I'm not good at that. I know what I want to do, and I may half-heartedly pray and not pray like I'm supposed to. Ask my wife, what do you think? And I, she does something I don't like. Sometimes she says no. 
Sometimes she don't agree with that decision. And I don't want to hear that. I want to hear, yes, Matt, do that. That's a great idea. But she don't always do that. And then when it turns to Kaka, she looks at me and says, well, you should listen to me. I tried to tell you. And I don't like it either. Right? So a lot of times I need to do a fight. So I'm just telling you right now, fellas, happy wife, happy life. All right? So when she says no, maybe that's a good indication. Maybe that ain't God's will. Not always. Sometimes if I've really, truly prayed about something, I feel like it's the Lord's will, and, uh, uh, then, and she says no, and I still feel like it's the Lord's will, sometimes I, and, and that's a different type of scenario, but you've got to be really careful about that. But realize this. These words will come back to bite me, Joey, because next time we have to make a decision, did you say if I said no? So I know this will come back to bite me. So just I'm gonna realize that right now. January 5th. Huh? Go back to sleep. I ain't talking to you. All right. So, so all right. So we're we're looking here, verse 11. Wherefore also we pray. All right. Pray always. So we need to pray. Bring it before God. Sincerely seek the Lord. Pray that our God will count you worthy. Counting us worthy. That's a, that's a powerful word there, to be worthy. You know, it almost makes you think of, uh, uh, for the geeks like me who watched uh, the Avengers, you think about Thor and Mjolnir. You know, he can, nobody can hold the hammer unless he was worthy. Well, we want to make ourselves worthy for God. And how do we do that? By submitting our will to him, seeking him out above all things. That's how we become worthy. And if we are worthy, all right, of this calling, if we are worthy, and fulfill, in, in whether it, with your translation says, in resolve or all the good pleasures of his goodness, guess what? And the work of faith with power. Now, that, that if we are counting ourselves worthy, we've given ourselves to Jesus Christ, given our all to God, it will produce a work. Remember, works don't get us into heaven. I don't care how good you are. I don't care if you're 99.9% perfect. That's not going to get you into heaven. That's not what we're talking about here. But because we have prayed, because we are submitting ourselves to God, because he finds us worthy, it produces a work of faith. And it will be evident in our lives and how we think, how we act, and what we say, and what we do. And it will, it, it, you will see that transformation within us. And that work of faith will be produced because, we've counted, because God counted us worthy. And I don't know about you, but I want to be counted worthy. I want, I want more of God. I want to submit to God. I want to go to God in prayer. And I want it to produce a work that will be a witness for others to see. And it says in verse 12, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ be glorified. All right, so it's the first time we see this here, that Jesus Christ be glorified in you, in us, and you in him. That Jesus be glorified in it. That we're, we're praying. We find ourselves worthy. Just producing a work. And we're glorifying God. Now, I don't know about you, but that's what I want to do. I want to glorify God in my thoughts, my words, my deeds, my actions. That is why we're here. We're so focused on the temporal world that we're not focused on the eternal. And that's what we've got to be, guys. We've got to be focused on the eternal. We've got to be focused on Jesus Christ because we want to glorify him. That's why we're here. And to glorify in him according to the grace of our God, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's God's grace. God's grace that we are forgiven. God's grace that we are loved. God's grace that he shows mercy upon us each and every day. God's enduring grace. All right? 
It's a grace that can't be bought. It is freely given to us. So this is a powerful. So if you wanted to make a resolution, a true resolution, we've got to give that to God in prayer. Seek him out. What is his will? What is his desire for our lives? That is a true and long-lasting resolution. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a relationship with God. You know, it's easy to, to, to want to make that, uh, you know, when it comes to dieting, you know, you've got the, the health nuts out there when you say, well, I'm going to try to go on a diet. It's not a diet. It is a way of life. It is a change of living. All right, whatever, dude. I'm going to quit eating sweets, okay? I mean, you know. But that's just it. When we live for Jesus Christ, it is not, it is a way of life. It is a relationship with God. Because we can die yo-yo up and down. We can try to, you know, but if you make good, healthy eating habits, then you can truly have a, a lifestyle change in the way you eat. We need to make sure we have the proper relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we've got to do daily. Take it a day at a time. We worry so much about the future. We worry so much about the big picture. Well, here's where I want to be next week. Here's where I want to be next year. You know, I like to say a year from now, I would be have stomach muscles and, and hotter than I am now, you know. But that ain't going to happen, all right? I can spray paint them on, you know, sort of the front part. I look like I got stomach muscle, but when I turn to the side, you're going to see it, you know. But um, it's not going to happen. But it's just that um, we need to take it a day at a time with our walk with Jesus Christ. Take each day as it comes, live it for the Lord. Don't worry about what you messed up yesterday. Don't worry about what, how you may mess up tomorrow. Don't worry about how you mess up today. Live it for Christ daily. When you wake up each morning, say, Lord, how can I be used for your service? How can I be used for your glory? How can I honor you? How can I be worthy of this calling? How can I be show that work of faith? How can I glorify you and you and me as we read in these verses? Ask that each and every day. And I'm telling you, you're going to have a much better spiritual walk in relationship with Christ if you do that. Now, I want you to look over here at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 through 32. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. Everybody's safe to turn there. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you uh, with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Now, talk about negative thinking. Now these are, I mean, God's word is powerful, all right? But these two verses here really hit home. And it's tough, people. When you're a redneck like I am, read these verses, and it says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger, all that be put away from you, that's hard to do. I can't walk through Walmart and obey this passage. All right? I mean, I'm the kind of guy, and, and, and Pooh up there said this to me yesterday, I get road rage at Walmart. I mean, you know, I turn all the time, oh, yeah. I'm like, go on, what are you doing? Brittany's like, just calm down, Matt, just calm down. What do they do? And she goes, they're old, Matt. They're not that old. Matt, just go look at the toys and leave me alone, just go on. So, so I, 
So, you know, uh, it's, it's hard, all right, not to, not to have that anger and bitterness. It's easy to be bitter, man. When somebody's done you wrong, it's easy to cling to that bitterness. And it's easy to withhold forgiveness. See, when we mess up, we screw up, we expect God to forgive us just like that. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive me, Lord. Please forgive me. And we trust that he forgives us. We move on. But when somebody's done us wrong, that's where it bites. And somebody messes with you or your family or something happens, it's easy to be like, forget them. I ain't going to uh, uh, forgive them. I'm, I, they know what. You won't believe what they said. You won't believe what they've done. Whoa. Now, if you're a Christian, if you be a professing Christian, once God's word said, we have to be forgiving and tenderhearted, and we've got to let that stuff go. Now, that's something I've had to really, that's something the Lord has really dealt with me on. And again, like I say, I ain't up here to act like Mr. Super Christian. Man, this is something I deal with daily. There's people out there, there's nobody in here, all right, nobody in here. But there's people in my life that I have to pray for and, 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 and ask the Lord help me to forgive these people. All right? And it's not easy to do. That is hard to do. In fact, I'll be praying. The Lord pops something in my head, and I'm like, I don't want to pray for them. But God says, forgiving one another. And so I have to pray that. Now, there may be people in your lives that did terrible things to you as a child. Uh, may have done terrible things to you now. And it's not to say that you have to be their best friend and, and be lovey-dovey with them. You're not saying that. Uh, what I'm saying is, you can ask God to help you to find a way to deal with that situation and have forgiveness in your heart and to move forward and not allow those abuse from the past or whatever it is in the past to, to hang over your head and to bring you down. All right, that's why I'm trying to tell you that, that God gives you the keys to freedom. When you, you cling uh, to that past, you cling to that bitterness, you're giving power to that person over you. That's why when God's word said, you know, if, if you don't even need to forgive as Christ forgives us. Let it go. And it's hard to do. It's not easy. You know, so, you know, my point here is we're trying to get away from that negative attitude, that negative thinking. You know, if you perceive somebody to be a jerk, guess what? You're going to find every quality as you're talking to that person that they're a jerk. If you want to, you know, have a bad day, you know, there's a study that was out that uh, was talking about uh, how things are on the forefront of our minds. That as we're sitting here, uh, you know, you, you see me up here, you see the pulpit, you see people around you, you see the pews, but your brain is a way of filtering all that out. And so you're focused on what's on the forefront of your mind. And so if you are, uh, uh, are prone to um, say, well, I wake up one morning and say, nothing's going to go right, days are going to be a miserable day. Well, guess what? You're going to find everything in the world to make that day miserable. That's just the way it is. But... All right, let's be careful. We got to be careful not to have this uh, positive mental attitude, this positive way of thinking, as, as Norman Vincent Peale uh, had stated in 1952 uh, in his book on uh, positive thinking. That's just uh, nothing more than a, a packaged New Age philosophy that is wrong. Uh, it, in fact, is the law of uh, magnetism in which he was uh, per uh, perpetrating out there. And that the fact that if you think good thoughts, that uh, by that law of attraction, uh, that, that magnetism, those good things will be drawn to you. It doesn't work that way, all right? That is not how things work. You can sit there and have good, positive vibes all day long, all right? You can be hiring a cot and think you're going to have positive vibes. That ain't gonna make, they, they think life's going to be better. It's not going to work that way. Change only comes through Christ alone, through that sanctification, being set apart, through regeneration. That is how there is real, true, lasting change. There's no power in the way, you, if you, you can think positive all day, there's no power in that. 
That is not going to change anything. It's only through Christ Jesus can we have true and lasting change. And that is what we have to deal with. Because our joy may be full through Christ Jesus. Now be careful that we do not mistake uh, joy uh, with the feeling of happiness. Right? Feelings are fleeting. You can have a euphoric feeling in praise. But that is not lasting. It is a, a joy that is filled by us through Christ Jesus. It was, is what helps us to endure and persevere. When someone dies, we are saddened and we miss that individual. But we still have this weird calming peace for those of us who are saved. And we can't always explain it, but that is God's joy in us to overcome and to endure during those difficult times. And so that's what we need to pray for and search for and look for is God's joy. And it's not a matter of really searching. It's just that God is there. We just need to accept that free gift, that free gift of grace that, that only God can provide for us. That's what we need to have is God's joy. And when we have God's joy, then we will be filled. See, just like here at Thanksgiving, you know, I like to eat. Now, at Thanksgiving, I eat like a pig, man. I love my Thanksgiving, all right? I look forward to that all year long. Brandy makes a 20-pound turkey. I eat most of it, all right? <laughs> and potatoes and gravy, all that stuff. Then we leave and go to Sharon's family's thing, and they've got all kinds of food. So by the time I'm done, but they've got me in a wheelbarrow trying to get me to the car. But here's the thing. Once I'm full, it don't matter. They say, hey, here's a piece of pie. No way. I'm stuffed. Here, here, here's your favorite candy. No, I'm stuffed. When you've got joy, God's joy and you are full and complete, then it's harder for the devil to tempt you with the things that are of God because you're already full of God's joy. See what I'm saying? And so that way, if we continually stay in the word, continually, continually stay in prayer and be filled with the things of Christ, It'd be harder for the devil to tempt you with the things that you shouldn't do or think on. You know, I, uh, how many of you here have seen Rocky too? Most of it. I like Rocky. Right? I like Rocky. It's, it's a good, uh, good, good movie. I think the fourth one's probably my favorite. But uh, he fought the Russian. But in Rocky two, was he? Who did he fight? Club, Clubber Lang? Is that who he fought? Mr. T. Anyway, he fought Mr. T. And uh, he got beat. He got beat bad, all right? And uh, so Apollo was trying to train him to, uh, to get back in the ring. And Rocky's just, he's just defeated, all right? He's sitting there, and Apollo, he's like, he's like, right hook, right hook, right hook. Rocky just kind of half, he's like, he said, man, what is wrong with you? He said, maybe tomorrow. He said, there is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. And that's what we've got to get through our heads. There is no tomorrow. We feel defeated so many times in our lives. And we think, well, I'll get back on track tomorrow. Or we don't know Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior. You're sitting here in this church and think, well, maybe tomorrow. Maybe next Sunday. There is no tomorrow. All we have is today. And that's what we've got to focus on is today. Today I'm living for Jesus Christ. Today I'm going to live a victorious life through Christ Jesus. I'm not defeated because I am a child of God. Today I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I put it off way too long. Today I'm going to live for Christ. There is no tomorrow. And that's what you've got to get through your head. Because that's what the devil wants you to think. Oh, you got tomorrow. Do it tomorrow. It's okay. Do it tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. And when I come across that this week, I thought, man, what, what more of an applicable uh, thing we could use in our spiritual lives and walk. There is no tomorrow because so many times we have that negative thinking. We have that, that idea that, you know, I'm just defeated. 
and I'll fool with it tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. So we need to get out of that, that idea of, of negativity. There are so many people who have that spirit of negativity. You know what I'm talking about. Let's not, it's, not, it's not a matter of positive mental attitude. It's a matter of fulfilling that joy that Christ has given us, his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness. And let us focus on that outwardly. Quit focus inwardly to those things we can't control. But we need to focus on the one who's in control. Either God is all-powerful in your life or he's not. Either you can trust God completely or you can't. That's the only decision you can make. And you can uh, uh, stomp out those ideals and feelings of negativity or you can nurture it and let it grow and fester. But God gives you the keys to that freedom. It is up to you to accept it. If you'll stand, we will close in prayer or we'll have prayer. And uh, as Mrs. Brown uh, will be so kind as to uh, play the invitation. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, or if you have a concern, please uh, come up here and, and I'll be happy to pray with you. Uh, let us bow our heads. Uh, dear Father, Lord, we just thank you and praise you. Uh, Lord, help us each and every day to, uh, to not focus on the negative, but let us focus on the positive. Focus on what you have given us. Focus on your blessings and your love and your mercy and your forgiveness. Let us serve you well each and every day. Lord, if there's anyone this morning that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.